Recording in progress. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk, Real Women. Today, Bridget Gildemaster is honoring us with her presence. She is an international inspirational speaker, author, blogger. In other words, she speaks her truth for real. And that matters so much. So, and she lives in Nebraska, in the United States. And um, today's topic is going to be building self-confidence as a mother after leaving a pedophile father of my kids. I'm sad that too many people can relate, but we may have to address that topic. All right, let's get started. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Bridget, can you please just tell us in a very short, condensed manner the big lines of your life, the big, what you can remember as a hindsight to say, okay, this is what happened, one, two, three, four, five, something short. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, yeah I, I love how you put that in hindsight and what you can remember because it is amazing what trauma does to us and things we do forget. And so um, I think that's really important uh, to recognize that, that we don't really remember everything till later. <laughs> um, but yeah, some sure. of the bigger things for me, kind of my story, how it happened. Um, um, I grew up in a very happy home, very, uh, very religious Christian home, um, you know, didn't, you know, follow the rules, everything was going to go great, you know, um, met a guy who, you know, was interested in me, I didn't, you know, completely despise him, and so we got married, um, and uh, I wanted to have kids right away, that was my biggest thing, as I've always wanted to be a mom. And so we had our first son, um, and he actually ended up having a heart condition. Uh, so we ended up moving 10 hours across the country to a more specialized hospital. You know, uh, marriage was going, you know, as marriage goes in the first couple of years, especially with, you know, a couple few bumps, but um, nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary um, until I was, uh, pregnant with my second daughter and uh or not my second daughter my second child um and um you know we started to have some marital problems uh, we had pornography issues I was spending a lot of time at the hospital you know but I was really you know it, it sounds very prideful and selfish to say but I juggled life very well and you know I would make time for him and I'd make time to be at the hospital and you know I'd still do all the things and um it never seemed to be enough so we'd go through bumps that way. Um, so I had my second daughter and life went on. Things seemed to get better until um, in about, it was April when um, things were like, I just, something clicked in my head. And I was like, this isn't working. He isn't changing. We need more. So we started to go to counseling. Um, I ended up finding I was pregnant again. <laughs> um, it would be with another daughter. Um, and in marriage counseling, you know, um, we would do all the things, 
Uh, we had great counselors looking back, you know, it helped my personal growth and development so much, even in delving deeper into relationships and stuff. But then he never changed or it would change for like a week and it would happen again. And it's like, well, if you truly love me and you truly want, you know, this to work, you know, this should be, you should, be, this should be easy, right? You know, it should, you should be as, have that want and desire as much as I do. And it just never happened. It just kept failing. There was something else or something else until finally he broke down and told me he had sexual desires towards our daughter. Um, she was one years old at the time. And I just was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, I kind of like didn't like in my reaction, I remember being very stoic towards him because like for me, that was the line. You know, I had to protect my children and I already had no idea what he had done or not done. And um, it was time to leave. And so um, I packed up within the week and rented a apartment and my family all pulled together. My brother even came down from almost 10 hours away probably at the time and um, helped me move and um, I went on from there. I had my third on my own and um, yeah, just have been recovering ever since, learning about trauma, learning about narcissism since then, um, looking back on the relationship and things I should have picked up on, things I greatly desire to make sure my kids grow up knowing about social interactions and you know, the opposite sex and dating and um, all of that in, in their lives and just drastically being able to pick up on not everybody is a good person just because they grew up in church. <laughs> so. Right. It's, a, it's like, okay. I'm sorry you had to go through that and it's so wrong. And indeed there is this stigma that says, no, no, if, if the people are in church, they are good people. Mm-hmm. They respect God, Jesus Christ, or whoever, and I mean, they strive to do their best and everything, because this is what is expected, and it is what is re required from all church goers, all church members. But then, everybody has their own agency, and decide for themselves. Well, yeah, and that's and the church, um, the one I was a part of at the time, I wasn't even approved for my divorce. I was told that there was no biblical grounds because he hadn't done, I couldn't prove that he had you know, hurt her. And so um, therefore I was supposed to stay and watch her and protect her and just deal with it. And um, no, that's not the case ever. Um, the Bible's very clear on that the, that is a safety issue and that you know we are allowed to leave and I think if we even take it further um you know even over a porn addiction every woman has a right to leave you know over narcissism it's all abuse it's all mental abuse it's hurtful it's not God glorifying God does not want us in that kind of position he wants us to live a God glorifying life to him and that's not fitting in living a home with a person like that so, yeah, dealing with other people in the church is very difficult. It's very difficult because of these uh, um, guidelines that are so strict and so um, limiting in so many ways. It's like, okay, no, not that way. Yeah, yeah very le they can get very legalistic very fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
So the shift has been when he broke down, probably in tears, recognizing that he had sexual desires for your mm. one-year-old daughter. Mm. And for you, that was enough. It was yeah. like, okay, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. That is too much. After having all those bumps in the marriage, and um, I guess there is all kind of narcissistic, toxic, abusive, mm. weird behavior, things that are not acceptable not respectful, do not, are not okay. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's very sad because um, I talk to many women who even that's not enough for them to leave. And it's so sad. Looking back now, going back now, I wish I had left sooner. I wish I had known, you know, that... And picked another father. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, I really wish I had known the kind of mental abuse I was going through and setting my children up for even because you know I do believe that those kinds of things are passed down gener generationally regardless of influence it's just in, mm -hmm. them, in their DNA mm -hmm. and like they have they're going to still pay for that like we're, we will pay yeah, for, for sure. our life you know so yeah mm -hmm. wow It's very hard, you know, some of some people in our audience, they are going to tell you that they discovered afterward mm -hmm. that something happened long after. And it's still awful, no matter what it is. It's still unacceptable, it's still wrong, it's still terrible. And it is terrible for the person for, for the perpetrator as well. It's a mental disease. It's nothing else. It's a mental disease when that happens. Yeah. And it is to be taken seriously. Yeah, I, I was told I ended up having a very good um, divorce lawyer and um, he actually specifically handled um, sexual abuse cases for children. And um, he basically told me there's no therapy to fix this. And I truly believe that even if you, you know, even if you are a Christian, you know, all the things, you will always struggle with it for life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I would never, ever trust my children with someone who has ever, you know, had that issue. Ever. I, I would never trust them. Because you don't them. know when it's going to kick in. And what, we're don't... all susceptible, you know. Like, we are. As much as I kick cravings of, you know, sugar or soda, you know, I, I can always, you know, maybe one day take another sip, you know. There's always, we can't, you know, we can't always guarantee that that's not going to happen. And you are not in control of somebody else. And that's what I was trying to be told by these other, you know, people, parents, leaders. I, you know, was that I was, it was my responsibility to control him because he's my husband. And yeah, you don't it's control. not my responsibility. Just like it's not, I mean, it's not even my responsibility to control my children that way. <laughs> you know, as much as I protect them and set boundaries for them it's not my responsibility to control them, you know, and it's even less so your spouse that you're supposed to wholeheartedly trust and live with and coexist with and, you know, make decisions together. Like how could, like, it just goes so much deeper and then let alone crawl back to, into bed with, you know, like how, how could you do that? You know? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I, they, these, there, it is, it is for me and an issue that is never to be trusted 
Um, I mean, obviously, yes, I you know go to therapy, do all the things, but it will never be allowed in my life. You know, I, I can't mm-hmm. trust a person who's gone that far because your brain has been shifted and twisted. And there was a study done I heard about a long time ago, so I can't really reference it right now, but um, where narcissists actually most narcissists have sexual issues it's part mm-hmm. of whatever's going wrong up there <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, in the chemical I'm not a psychiatrist but you know in the chemical issues that they're having um it, it's all part of it it's part of that decline in morality mm-hmm. yes because it's David they follow impulsions Mm-hmm. They follow an idea, they follow a cue, they follow an impulsion, and yeah. this is what uh, creates a real problem. And then when it concerns small children or even grown-up children, yeah. well, I mean, that's it's, a big it's not a question of age, it's, it's really a question of it is wrong, mm-hmm. and if they cannot I would say much more than behave, but I mean, control themselves, choose what to do with an impulsion. Nothing or something. Mm -hmm. We all have impulsions and sometimes totally ridiculous ones. Mm -hmm. And when we are healthy minded, we can think through and say, okay, do I really want to do that to myself? Do I really want that? Is it an impression? I really want all the consequences. But for that, it takes a healthy mind to think about the consequences. When you take a narcissist or a, someone who is really like with a certain behavior challenge or an, even a pedophile, it's like, I need it. I want it. It's not easy good for me. Yeah. They are just like attracted to the thing or the behavior. Even if they know it's wrong, they cannot stop themselves. And this is why you did the right thing to protect your children, to remove yourself and them, to create a boundary that is unfranchisable. I don't know how to say that. Uh, You cannot go through the boundary. Sorry. (laughs) And then I say, okay, thinking about our French listener who can quickly Correct the word. (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for empowering other mothers to take on the responsibility for their children. There is a big difference. You cannot control your husband or your partner. Mm -hmm. You can take the responsibility to remove your children from the perpetrator. That you can choose. That is, in, that is in your power, church or no church. It does not matter. What matters is your safety, the safety of your kids, your well-being, your, your, your complete ability, even to worship the Lord from a place of trust, knowing, because remember something else. God gave us our free agency so that we freely can have a relationship with him. freely mm-hmm. when we go with someone who is unhealthy minded or mentally sick in some way or another we are giving up our free agency 
we are giving up the gift of God. Is that right? Asking, thinking through. Is that right? That's so beautifully put. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's a struggle. And, you know, it's something it actually took me years to come to terms with because for me it was such a slap in the face of something that happened to me. For you sure. Know, you know, it wasn't a... Yeah, that wasn't supposed to happen to me. <laughs> Nothing, you know, none of this was ever, you know, I thought having a medically uh, needed child was huge, you know, that stuff like that I just had never been exposed to in our immediate family or, or anything, you know, we just didn't have anything like that. It wasn't common. And so that for me was huge. I was already an outsider in so many ways for the way I had to live and what I had to do and stand up for in that aspect and to be there for my son. And then this comes along and it was just like, wow. You know, like it took me years to process, honestly. It took me- I believe years. you. And, and the amount of growth and change, like I've, I've said this, for, you know, if you knew me even six months ago, you don't know me today because I've changed so much. I changed- I believe you. It's such, a journey uh -huh. to get over something like that it is it is and it is a journey that goes around guilt as well mm -hmm. because then there is also the guilt that kicks in yeah. how how in the world have you been able to pick someone like that how did you not see all the warnings yep. how did you not hear when he hinted that oh such a cute girl mm -hmm. but I mean there is a difference between so we have to have our antenna up and when there is something speak up yeah. and say it and it may hurt and it's okay yes, yes I very much learned to the annoyance of other people I'm sure but I'm always asking questions yeah. And you might be stop. surprised on the, of the answer. You are often surprised about the answer. It's yep. often not what you expect. <laughs> yep. If, if, if there's a disagreement to be had, I will dig as deep as I will go. And there's a huge aspect. If you won't let me dig deep, not good. Because that, that was a huge sign. You know, that was what I fought with him on. Was yes. There's something more. Come on, you know. This is there's no logical way reason anybody would act like that or you know treat a person like that. And so that's actually one of my biggest things is the less you speak up, the less empathy you show, the less emotions you can express and tell and talk about, the more my antenna goes up. Because so the so more what? The more my antenna goes up. And the more my antenna goes up okay yeah yeah because that that's not okay you mm -hmm. you need to be in tune with yourself know what you're feeling be able to express it be able to talk through be able to want to talk through why you reacted the way you did you know mm -hmm. i still do things that are major triggers to me i have anxiety attacks i I still, you know, struggle depending, especially on what life throws at you because it never ends mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, with all of those things. But if I can sit back and have a conversation with my best friend or, you know, whoever and figure out why 
that happened, why I reacted that way, that's growth and that's healing. That is growth and healing. Healing to say why you treated someone the way you treated someone or want to talk about it, it's a huge red flag. Mm Yeah, it's a lot of food for thought. Building self-confidence. As a mother, after leaving a pedophile father of my kids, I know, it's a hard one. But self-confidence is essential, and self-confidence is the healing. And you build up self-confidence after such an experience mm-hmm. with forgiveness, with love with releasing control over the perpetrator, taking on the responsibility for your children, removing yourself and them some way or another. Finding ways, creating ways. Yeah, there's, there, there's a lot out there and it's different from everyone because yes. we all hold trauma differently. You know, mm-hmm. our bodies all hold it differently. We all have different emotions. We all have different personality types. The way we, you know, we, we handle the trauma that has been dealt to us. And so, so there's, there's a lot of healing out there and mm-hmm. it takes time and you don't feel like you're healing <laughs> when you're healing, but then you look back and you go, Oh yeah, that was really good. You know, um, you know, in you're in the trenches, it never feels like you're getting anywhere. But there is right. there is a lot of hope out there. You can get over the guilt feelings. You can get over all of those questions, like you were saying, like you know, um, just how, just just how, and you know, and it, a lot of that takes time to just kind of reflect. And I think that was one of the biggest part of healing for me was when I finally, so for me, I'm like, I love the Enneagram. I don't know if any of you are listening Absolutely. to that. Yeah. Okay, I'm cool. a seven and a three in there. Okay, cool. Yes, I'm a three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so for me, I don't slow down and I run and I work through my pain and which is very easy to do when you had, you know, three under two and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out who you were and or where you are or what you know you're trying to dig through like my whole life is a lie basically that's what it feels like that's what that how that guilt comes through at least for me because I was doing all these things that looked this way and now it wasn't you know and so for me running and hiding and just working through and just pushing through the next day and making up jobs and tasks for myself to do um was easy and it took me a long time before i just finally sat down and um i took a summer and i wrote and i just started writing and typing and i typed and typed and typed and typed and typed some more and i have a ginormous what would be book um soon to be published someday i'm I'm sure but um of just everything even from my childhood you know, little tiny incidences that stuck with me, you know, for whatever reason, and like typing through and working through and working through what that life lesson was and why the most randomest things would stick with me, you know, why is that childhood memory there, you know, Um, and working through that and things that shaped me, you know, things I always like, 
in future decisions you look back on and you're like and you you relate that to that one situation as a child and you never really know why but you're always like but remember you know and just typing through that and so sitting with those feelings and emotions and really coming to the point of who I am today and why those things happen it is such a hard thing to do is is beautiful and it's so much growth but just sitting with your feelings and emotions and you don't have to type that was just how I um, expressed myself but you know um, you could you know just take the time to go for a hike and sit and you know think of those thoughts and why things happened and who shaped you to be who you are is and getting back in tune with yourself you know Um, I think a huge part of what we forget and what is overlooked is like we we are very young adults at teenage years so I'm always going back to myself between like the ages of 12 and 14 and come to find out I'm always liking and doing and that personality type is what I'm always desiring to be at that age you know which is so like backwards because society tries to tell us you're just an adolescent and all these things and you don't know what you want and all the things but things that I like like truly like is my personality you know I love plants I love colors I love nature I love you know I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur all these things I had those desires already in me because that's who I am that's who I'm part of who God created me to be already instilled inside me and so going back and then seeing how that got twisted what life event what job did I get what friend did I have that like told me otherwise you know Um, what major thing changed all of that and that was huge healing for me and huge hope and like brought me back to myself along with all the the growth because i don't ever believe we find ourselves again either i think we create ourselves yes i think we're always create ourselves yeah it just keeps moving forward but those core values and like with the enneagram it's the only personality test i've ever truly fallen in love with every other one i'm like "Eh, it was me you know I, I'm kind of a complicated one because I'm also like a three, five, nine. And so I feel like I get very complicated because I'm much as outgoing and successful as I am. I really love to sit at home, you know, it's very backwards. And so those are my core values, though. I can always go back to that and depend on that and know who I am, you know, and know my needs, you know, know I need quiet time to refuel, know I need, you know, living things around me i need life i need growth i need nature you know um all of those things add up to things i can always go back to now as my comfort and especially when you've gone through trauma and drastically unexpected trauma that lasts a lifetime your nervous system is shot it's shot and it's a very i think it's one of the hardest things to heal and i honestly truly don't believe we ever will heal it fully because there's just damage has been done we can we can heal and we can be better but i think it's very important to recognize that we will never always fully heal and and our trauma is a part of us and it's who makes us what we are and because we're always searching for if you believe you can heal it you're always searching for the end you're always searching well i healed from that i'm over that now and that's what society tries to tell you aren't you over that by now that was a long time ago you know, and, and whatever, and especially as a three, well, you know, if it takes you 10 years to heal from a divorce, well, I'm going to do it in two, you know, and so I was always looking for, okay, what's the next thing I need to learn, and just recognizing that you're never truly healed, and it is who you are, and you just have to 
keep studying the path and learning who you are and growing in what you are and using your life experiences for your current situation and being in that present moment is so empowering as a woman. Wow. You speak to my heart. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing how you understand how to build self-confidence, how to build self-love, how you understand healing and transformation, this inner work. It doesn't have to be physically hit to hurt for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because when you are physically hit, usually seven, 10 days, 15 days, it's over. Except when something is broken, okay, longer, but not more than one or two years. And um, when you are emotionally hit, and you do not address it because you just like hide it somewhere, put it in the drawer, forget about that. Decades later, you're still at it. So when you do the work that you mentioned, Bridget, uh, Bridget when you do that inner work, May it be in writing, in videotaping, in speaking with a trusted partner, in counseling, whatever. Find your way, or maybe painting, or playing music. But something that allows you to deep connect with your emotions, recognize them, name them, look for the root cause, and go with all the love and forgiveness you can, and embrace and accept who you are and what you have gone through and everything mm -hmm. so that you can really move forward positively and then empower others to do the same because mm -hmm. that's part of the journey you don't you, you don't go through all this healing and transformation if it is not to help others on their own healing and transformation put all these trauma, all these things that you went through, you have to transform them into blessings, assets, mm -hmm. so that it can serve the greatest number. Otherwise, it's just like, yeah, it has hurt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it has destroyed. Yeah, I know. It has damaged. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now what? Are you going to stay damaged, hurt, and destroyed, or are you going to get back up and help others? and share what you learned and this is what you're doing and I commend you for that because it's beautiful thank you it, it's it's so hard and it's something I've fought for years too you know and tried to get around things or you know certain times when I'm like well not me or there's enough people out there or whatever but people still are being brought in my path and have no clue I know several women who need to leave their husbands today, you know, mm -hmm. and they, they're not, they're, they're, you know, they're not hearing yet or somebody, somebody's one story hasn't been told that clicks with them yet. 
clearly it's not mine and I'm at peace with that. But mm-hmm. you know, there's somebody else's story out there who's going to convince them that it's time, you know? And it is such a hard thing and it is part of that self-trust and self-confidence to recognize how valuable you are how value are because of your trauma you know um it was really important for me i might have said this already i can't remember but to recognize that narcissists and toxic people intentionally target strong independent intuitive women and that was huge growth for me Mm-hmm. because I was worth targeting. That's how broken I was, was that I felt valuable because a toxic person wanted me, you know? And it shouldn't be that way. That's not where we should find yeah. our value at all, but it really yeah. does help. Like, I say that because some other woman needs to hear that. Mm-hmm. Like, you are worth it. That's why they fought for you. And when all of the confusion of, well, why is he still here? It's because you're worth it. Because you're bringing so much to the table. It's worth him to be completely psychotic to keep you there. You know, it's insane. But um, it, is, it was really a turning point for me. And that's probably part of my three success drivenness. But to be part of that self-growth and to know those little things and to realize how valuable you are enough to share and impact others is part of that. It's still part of your journey in helping other women, like you said. It's Gorgeous. so cool because you learn from other women too and experiences, you know? You get to yes, talk you to other people. Yes, and you if you've had same experiences or similar, you can go, okay, yes, I am right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I am not crazy because that's what, that's what toxicity makes you feel. They make you feel trapped and crazy and your head goes in circles and circles and circles all day long and you're fighting with what you thought you knew you're fighting with your perception of reality you're fighting with what they're telling you you're fighting with what your friends are telling you you're fighting with all these influences and your head just goes around and around and around i literally call it circles and you know um that that's like when i was talking about you know showing empathy and stuff if if you're in a conversation with someone and you just feel like you're going in circles it's time to it's time to go <laughs> it's time to walk away because that is never okay and I, oh my gosh you never have to put up with that for three years but just the constant like okay we're back at the beginning <laughs> you know like if you're never moving forward and so and but that's what they do they literally will just bring up this random thing in a conversation and totally derail you and then somehow you're like wait we were over there we were talking about this this was the problem and it, it circles and it just goes mm-hmm. around and around. And so in meeting other women and being able to connect with other women and talk to other women and you heal from each other, it's going to be just as therapeutic for you as it is for another person. And it's really scary. It's really scary to tell our stories. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's very nerve wracking. Sometimes I feel like it gets worse <laughs> the further away you get from it. Because you're like, yeah, that, that did happen to me. I am one of those women, you know, like that, that is who I am. That is my story. Um, mm. And you have to go back and retell it. And you have to go back and revisit all those emotions. You have to go back and re-feel that every time you're telling it. Mm. And it's hard 
because you know especially if you're going through whatever you're going through your emotions that day can be affected in a certain mm -hmm. way and, and so, there is a time in the healing process when it does not hurt when you revisit these emotions but it's usually like years later yeah years of telling the same story yeah. feeling it crying about it over and over again it's just like emotional okay just let it go it's okay <laughs> and then the more you say it, or then you just, for a, for a long months, you just don't talk about it, and then you see it again, and you, see, and, and you hear, hmm, I did not cry this time. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I can tell it as a story that did happen, but does not affect me anymore in my emotion of today. And that means, okay, so real healing has happened yeah. already. And that doesn't mean that everything is hit, but that means that these big things, those are out of the way. We can move on to other layers and other things. Yep. All right, Bridget, thank you so, so much for being here with us today, for honoring us with your presence. And uh, it's, it's, it's really an interesting conversation we just had. And um, I look forward to hearing from our listeners transforming their lives inspired inspired by our conversation yeah thank you for having me um i truly do hope that you know me sharing my story just helps one other person so i'm always open to as well for communication. Mm, and yeah. communication wise yeah. if they want to reach out to you it's like bridgetgildemaster.com right yep you can so. find all my email and social media um, at bridgetgildemaster.com Okay, and we're just going to spell it to make sure everybody's mm -hmm. on the same um, same letters. So Bridget is B as in I don't know. Uh, yeah, bridge. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? You 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 start with bridge, but you start with B R I, and then directly G mm -hmm. E T T E, Bridget, and Gildemaster is G as in George. I as in island, L as in love, D as in David, E as in Edward. Emil, yeah. Edward, yeah. M as in Mary, A as in apple, S as in Suzanne, T as in Therese, E as in Edward, R as in Robert. Mm -hmm. Okay, give the master. Alrighty. Thank you again, and I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Bridget. Bye-bye for now. Bye.